Yo fam, welcome to Let's Go with Nick Pags, the series that's intended to educate, motivate, and inspire you to create dynamic change in your life by challenging your regular ways of thinking and your automatic doing. The stuff that you're just doing because you're doing it and you're not really paying attention to it. This series wants to check on those, to ask you, can you be more, do more, and create more in your life? So I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you for your time and attention. And if you dig in it, please rate, subscribe, share, you know, all the good things. And if you're not, please do not tell anybody about it. Keep it to yourself. You can also keep up with me on Instagram at Nick Fit. I hope you enjoy the show. Let's go. Hey fam, what's up? Nick Pags here for another episode of Let's Go. And I'm with my college roommate today, DJ Eddie Rage. Stop show. Um, this is and a really DJ exciting. Burt Bagel. <laughs> oh my God. We're going to have a fun one today, guys. Guys, we're talking about um, starting podcasts, which is super exciting. We're talking about starting things that you're passionate about, when to jump in and when to not jump in, um, getting fired up and motivating, choosing self-limiting beliefs and getting over them. Uh, what else do we talk about today? I don't know. Maybe how to lose weight. How to lose weight. And he, and he lost a lot of weight, and he tells us that story, um, the mindset behind that, what that took, a lot of really quality information. We did some really good work in this, and I'm not doing it justice. So trust that this podcast I'll write in the description is a super powerful one. Thank you all for listening. As always, make sure you rate, subscribe, and most importantly, share it with someone that you believe it can add value to. Thank you all so much, and enjoy this episode of Let's Go. What's up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Go yeah. with your boy Nick Pags. And today, I don't know if there's ever not been a very special guest, but this is actually a really special guest because this is one of my best friends uh, and college roommate, the one, the only DJ Eddie Rage. <laughs> I did not know you were going to do that. Yeah, neither did I. It just felt right. That Oh, man. Those were the days. Those, <laughs> those were the days. Eddie Ravertz, guys. This is a very special man in my life. Um, it sounded weird, yeah. but mm. it isn't. Um, it's awesome. This guy is... is So, first of all, he lives in Philly, right? Yep. And uh, the reason why we're in this setting right now and <laughs> not in our regular Samsung studio is because Eddie's here for work yep. for like, I don't know, eight 12 hours, hours 12 eight hours. hours. And he's uh and he's jumping in and like yo let's film a podcast and listen man you also saw season one of Let's Go I was in closets and in like weird hallways getting this thing done and going back to the grind, basics baby. just we're, gotta grind we're hustling so um Eddie thanks for being on the show dude it's a pleasure Nick the pleasure is all mine it's like we're in four two eight we're back in four two eight our Shout college out. house Scranton <laughs> Scranton what so um. So Eddie has some pretty awesome stories that I want to dive into today. But first, I want to let him give you the lowdown on who he is, what he does. He's got uh, somewhere between like three and 3,000 side hustles going on. He is just a hustler. And a lot has happened since him and I graduated college, like, what, five Holy years crap. ago? If you put it in that context, the stuff that we're about to talk about, oh, it's all happened in the past five years is kind of nuts. It's crazy. It is. Uh, I'll give you the 30-second spiel from Philly. Uh, I have a day job. I work in public relations for Tyranny in Philadelphia. Uh, media relations, that's like my 40-hour-a-week, 9-to-5 job, as they say. It has me all traveling all the world. I work with a lot of media departments, uh, hence why I'm in New York, a lot of major media networks. work with a ton of celebrities, doing all that. So that's like my day job. Side hustles, uh, I host. I'm also a podcast host. Uh, so if you guys watch the TV show The Bachelor or any of the Bachelor Nation shows, my sister and I started a podcast in our basement um, called Rosebuds, the most dramatic podcast ever. We interview people from the show. We break news. We're, we cause so much drama. We host live shows. We've interviewed, if you know people, Ashley and Jared, Beck and Garrett, big, big names in the Bachelor world. Long story short, crack the iTunes top 60 and now we're yeah, like, he did. Let's go taking all this. Um, so it's crazy, dude. Yeah, it is. I, the story of that's kind of funny. You know, I have a radio background. Which you yeah, heard. he does. Uh, DJ Eddie Ray. Uh, <laughs> which was so much fun. I can't Our believe they let me radio. on. That was so much fun. Um, oh, man. So I have that background. And I, when I moved back from Chicago, it's a whole other thing. I lived in Chicago for two years. We skimmed over that. Forgot about that. Yep. 
I won that award. <laughs> we we skipped a lot. That's why they were asking you about Chicago, Brendan and Coons. yes. <laughs> I was like, why are they asking about Chicago? Oh my! There God. you go. Okay, lived in Chicago going. for two years. Worked for the largest PR firm in the world. Anyway, so when I came back, I wanted to start a podcast. Um, and for eight thousand reasons, I said, Lynn, my sister, knows everything about the Bachelor. Let's start a Bachelor podcast. So the point of view was Lynn, who knows everything, and me, who's a skeptic and a critic, and you know, shock jock. And we started Nick. You'll love this. Literally on her kitchen table with a um blue yeti remember you know the microphone and put it in put it on facebook press record did no editing we got like 100 listeners the first episode which is like all our family and friends (laughs) and then the next episode 200 the next episode 300 and i was like what the hell is going on so then i was like lynn let's make the investment we bought all this stuff and we just started interviewing guests from the show and now we're hosting live shows and i'm going up and down the east coast and doing all this stuff and um now we're like legit bachelor nation podcast people i mean like not not kind of oh he's got a podcast like it is the one of the biggest if not the biggest bachelor podcast there is it's not the biggest it is the largest independent so that's a big one so people it's crazy so guess like we weren't i wasn't on the bachelor so a lot of people from the bachelor have their own podcast we have nothing to do with it so we're the biggest in that realm so he is a very big inspiration to me in that realm and i remember when i did the podcasting and i was starting it he was the guy i was like at I don't know how to start this. How do I do it? And he gave me kind of the basic lowdown. And it was very uh, impactful for me because that's how Lesko got started was talking to you on how I can do it from like starting in my kitchen type of thing. Yeah. And that I literally started in my kitchen. And on that's the where all side. good things happen there in the go. kitchen. I guess uh, to round out the hot side hustle and I'll leave you with the cherry on top. Uh, I coach baseball. With my brother played at Scranton. Uh, it's really fun. My brother played professionally, so now we coach like an AAU travel team together. Yep, yep, yep. Every age from 10 up to 17. I love doing it, dude. Like, I didn't think I would love coaching this much. That's your passion. Oh, my. And I hate to say it, like, to get paid to do it is just like a so, wild so thing. Fun. So that takes up a ton of my time, and I do it with my brother. I know you're very close to your family. It's yeah. Oh, I just thought about that. I do something with my brother yep. and my sister. That's cool. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that either. Uh, and then I, you know, I'm a sports writer on the side. I write columns on phillyvoice.com. I do a bunch of stuff. Um, so that's professionally. I just love finding different ways to make money. I don't know. There you go. Uh, awesome. And I love having. It's all stuff like I would, quite frankly, pay. I paid to play baseball. Like mm-hmm. my, like you know, it's stuff I would pay to do. Yeah. And now getting paid to do it, I don't know. It just drives me. Um, but recently, which is where you come into, I went um, through this body transformation. Um, Literally, I, he walked in. Can I do this right now? I, I walked in. He walked out of the elevator to come like get me to come up to the room. I was like, Eddie, the last time I saw you, which was a couple months ago, he was 50 pounds heavier at least than when I saw like than the last time I saw him. It was crazy. So like right now I'm looking at him. I'm like, he's like, what? It's mm-hmm. crazy to see. Mm-hmm. And a total of what? Uh, currently 110. 110 pounds yeah wow yeah um so that was uh that was that wasn't easy and i hated my life but i did it and now it's truly a lifestyle change and i glossed over a lot of it but i'll let you ask about it if you want i will um so wow so much to talk about that's super exciting so yeah eddie and i have been uh very tight for a long time but we've kind of been out of i mean in texting contact here and there look what you're doing (laughs) yeah this is like crazy that we don't talk about this stuff more (laughs) One thing I want to talk oh, to you about. Oh, you lived in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you lived in Chicago? Shocker. For two years. Yeah. So it's one fine. thing that you talked about before we get into the fitness and wellness stuff, you talked about um, making something that you love, like a passion of yours, something that you monetize. And I, I did a podcast with Dr. Rick Ritchie, who is um, a brilliant mind in the wellness and fitness space. And he said he was very much advocating for the fact that like, don't make everything your your that's your passion your work because sometimes you don't want them to be connected. But at the same time, for some of us to make like our passion our work and get paid for it is epic. People who sing, someone who does podcasts, someone who is a fitness person if they love that and that's their passion. Two questions: What allowed you to like shift into that? Uh, deciding like I'm going to monetize something that I love. And secondly, does it take away from the passion of it? Or have you reached that point yet? Or do you think you're ever going to reach that point? So for the baseball, the baseball, no. I mean, baseball is always going to be in my life. Totally. Like I just get paid to do it. And I love coaching kids. And I have this gift to say of knowledge that like I'm realizing like people don't have. Like to me, keep your way back, keep your front. Like all the technical stuff, like that's it's I just got natural. That. 
But then it's like connecting with an individual on an individual basis. As I like, you talk to a ten year old differently than you talk to a seventeen year old. Yep. But to take it even deeper, you talk to a twelve year old who plays shortstop and a twelve year old who plays second base differently. Totally. Like you got you got to connect to those people. So baseball, I was never, and I'm not at that point. Podcasting, I'll be honest. Um, there's that thing called pod fading. I don't know if you've heard about mm-hmm. it. There's like 700,000 podcasts in the world, but like 80% are not active, mm-hmm. meaning there hasn't been an episode in the past six months. Um, so people like do podcasts because you know it's a grind, yep. and it's and then they just quit. The en- the barrier to entry on podcasting is very easy. Look what we're doing. Like, Literally. Right? I, taught us, I taught myself all about podcasting. Um, so it's easy to get into. Once we started the advertising and that, and like we started doing stuff the wrong way, I was kind of overwhelmed. I was like, yep. oh my God, I can't keep up with it. Um, so trust me, there's days where I'm like, Oh God, like I got to read this ad or I got to interview someone or I got to make this deadline that I do. It does get to me. And I'm like, Jesus, this is, this is really a job. But I caveat all that with like, I do have a full time job. Right. And that is like, I don't, I don't like, I love my job, mm-hmm. but the podcast is not a burden. Right. Um, it's still, I think at that threshold where I enjoy, enjoy, love doing it. Um, I we had been in talks I'll tell you this like of major media networks like buying the podcast crazy and crap. I think at that point it was like nope like I love doing this in the basement with my sister making the money like I'm good yeah which sounds weird because it's like innate drive I have to be the best at everything mm-hmm. I don't know I just found like I, I got everything I want in the pocket trust me if I could sell it and do that full time I think I would entertain it but yeah um I, I think it is a balance and I definitely get it yeah, it's really interesting. And even for me as somebody who's in that exact situation where I've talked to a lot of people about being um, or for them being a part of the podcast so that I can get paid for it and all that. I don't get paid for this podcast straight up like I don't get paid for it. And that's a choice. There have been opportunities too. there have been people that have reached out about it and companies that have reached out about it. And it's just not. Um, I, for me, I, I referred to in this previous podcast with Dr. Rick acting for me, I remember there was an opportunity for me to be on an off Broadway show. And I was saying to myself, if I do this, it now is making that part of my life that is just an oasis, a fun part of my life, acting, singing, dancing. I rarely do it. And when I do, it's really fun to make that passion, something that is monetized and work. I get nervous that I'm going to lose the fire for it and it becomes work. So it's really interesting conversation. Like does everybody want to actually make their passion their job? I don't know. I think that there's a a risk that you take there, you know? I mean, yeah, there is. My whole thing is, and I ask you this about the acting, like you still do the shows with your family. Yeah. So like, you're going to do it anyway. Why not get paid? That's my, yeah. Like for me, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but the motivation of doing the podcast and growing and growing and growing is like more money, more money, more yeah, money. Yeah, totally. Like, and listen, I love money, but I know that there were moments even in fitness in my life where I, I saw myself writing workouts for people. And in the when I wasn't getting paid for it, I would pay my friends. I would be like, yo, I will buy you lunch to come do a session with me because I loved training, small group training and working with people one-on-one. And then when it became a thing where it was expected because I was paid for the service in the beginning. It was awesome. I was like, wow, people pay for my expertise. And then the writing programs, I was like, this sucks. Like, because I have to do it because it's not out of like drive and, and that feeling of like, even with the podcast, dude, I wanted to do it every day. I still want to do it all the time. It, what time is it? It's 11 PM right now. I was up at like five 30 this morning and I'm so fired up to do this because this is something I'm so passionate about, connecting with people and doing this work. This is my second podcast today, actually. So third. <laughs> oh, my God. This is my third podcast today. Yeah. Uh, two of them were mine. One was his. Shout and, out. And it's um, – shout out. And, yeah, I just – I don't know. It's a really interesting conversation. We won't dive too deep into it. But, yeah, I, I think that it's it's interesting. You don't always have to make what you love your passion, but it can be something to monetize. I mean, I look at, so I also do, I'm a sports writer on the side. I'll give you a little story of like when I really wasn't getting paid. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Notre Dame football fan. Yep. So when I lived in Chicago, uh, I was writing for this pretty big uh, website called Bleacher Report, which now is like very big. You were doing that in college. Yes. Yes, yes I, I was. Um, we so didn't believe I, it. <laughs> but we're like Bleacher Report, yeah, actually. Yep. He was doing it. Uh, 
so I had the opportunity. I was like, why don't I put in for a media credential to go to Notre Dame and like interview the coaches and go to the games and everything? And I did. I, did. I remember that. You did <laughs> yeah. do that. So like that to me was like I could have died happy. Everyone says what's the greatest moment of your life? I'm like probably the twelve times I got the interview. He is like he is Rudy. That's how obsessed <laughs> he is with Notre Dame. I, I filmed myself <laughs> running out of the tunnel. So like that to me, like that passion drove that. But I, I don't know, man. I just I I'm the king of unpaid internships. I did seven unpaid internships, and wow. like to be in the media field, you have to. Um, so for me, like and like all the years, my dad and mom sacrificed for me and my brother and sister to play travel baseball, like. Now I get to get the money back, like yeah. that way. Like I, that to me is fun. Like so, that's dang. totally that just triggered something in my mind. Like okay, so you sacrificed and put so much time and work into, um, not getting paid. Like seven unpaid internships is a lot of internships, and then it's like you're working to get to the point where I get to be paid for the work that I'm doing. So now that makes a lot more sense to me. Like okay. I did my time of the unpaid work. And I think that I'm coming up on that with Let's Go. Like, I'm really excited that I'm at this point where I'm like, I think I believe that this is of enough value to people that it deserves to be paid for the work it does for people's mind, body, and spirit, you know? I mean, I agree. And, I, I you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you have such a, a, a niche with this workout stuff. Totally. That there's so many brands out there that would die to get on. like this. And, and straight up, we don't talk about workout on this show that much. Oh, I, I listen. No, I mean, I, I do a lot of content on Instagram and, like, supporting people with that, um, like, helping them with different workout stuff. But truth is, I don't – that's not what I put out as much. I have my private clients, my high-end clients, and that's kind of private with, with them. Um, and I'm not, like, the guy who's like, come do personal training with me, Nick Peggs, come to this gym. I, I used to do that when I was, like, 16, and then ever since I started making money on it, uh, or 17, ever since I started making money on it, the work came in and I wasn't ever really promoting for it. Uh, so now it's just like I have that entity in my life and this is the work I want to do. The, the Talking about mind, body, spirit, why are we connecting all three and the power of what that brings. So it's interesting, man. I, I'm excited to start to make this something of value monetization-wise. Dude, just keep grinding. Promise me this, podcaster to podcaster, uh, which I know you're making all this investment, you're doing all the things – don't pod fade, man. Like you have such a passion when it starts to get time. Like it's your third podcast yep. today and you're still enjoying it. Like keep at it. Take time off. Dude, trust me. I take off. Uh, I turned out. Here we go. This week, a very famous reality TV show. That's not the bachelor, which mine's about. Yep. Contact us about advertising. And the flight was between Christmas and a couple of the new years. I, that is the only week of the year where I shut down. I don't do any baseball. I don't do any writing. I don't do any work. I literally For shut Christmas. down. Like Christmas, that yeah. Christmas and New Year's time. And they were going to pay us double to put out episodes. No way. And I and trust me, I was like, all right, like right, I'll find three episodes I can put out. I can put out best of episodes. Yep. But I was like, no, like, no, no. That's, I love that. So that was the one time when I was... And Holding a couple... A, not to get... Just a couple of brands came to us that just didn't fit me and my sister's lifestyle. But other than that, it's been fun. So, yeah, I mean... Okay, so let's dive into this other topic because... Um, I think that's really interesting and noticing like when to just go with your passion and go with your gut and try shit. Um, it's really important when we're talking about your body. Let's do that. I know Ooh. Eddie hates talking about himself. So this is going to be a stretch because I'm on the other side of the Yeah, mic. He's always, the guy I'm very good at getting people to tell me everything that they're not supposed to tell people. Well, now I'm going to do that to you. All right. So what the hell happened? Why did you do this? Uh, when did this start? Oh, man. Like, what was the trigger? Because somebody Some going health. through a massive transformation like that was like something yeah, yeah, yeah. had to happen. Some health issues. Okay. Um, I'm not going to get too into it, but just needed to lose weight. And that was going to be the solution. Um, and how old are you? Dude, this was You're a year older than me. I'm 28. Yeah. 28. Yeah. So I was 26. Massively overweight. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I was. What, uh, what did you weigh? 265 at, at my heaviest. Okay. Um, and. I saw basically the doctor said, did all these tests. He's like, you're really okay. Like people are dying. You're not dying. But if you try these things, I think you'll wait. You'll, I think your life will improve. And I saw this doctor and I was like, all right, I'll try it. Then credit to my mom. Always listen to your mom. Literally always listen to your mom. Always listen to your mom. And my mom said, why don't you go see this nutritionist at Penn? I was like, yeah, sure. So I went to see this nutritionist. Dude, freaking like opened my eyes to everything. Isn't that amazing? Because when you're growing up as an athlete, you do whatever the hell you want. 
Anything. Literally anything. Think of the the lunches we had together at the Naples Center. I know. At Scranton. Just like gluttony. Seven plates of fried this and yep. fried that. And like, yeah. I was very lucky because my mom always said, like, you have to have colors on your plate. So yeah. Like veggies and all that stuff. And I actually, uh, looking back on college, I did pretty good when we went and had lunch. Not at nighttime when we would go and eat seven pies of pizza. But like during the day, I, I was really good at that. But I remember all of us sitting around eating like crap, man. Yeah. Dude, obviously my mom said the same thing, and then I think when I went to live in Chicago, that's when it really blew up by myself. I'm in Chicago, like food capital of the world. Um, so I was just like, oh my God, no rules. I get to do all this. I don't have to train for baseball. I don't have to get up at six and run up hills. I don't have to catch pitchers' bullpen. So I think I just went wild. Um, so anyway, I saw the nutritionist, and she like put thing everything in perspective. So everyone's like, how did you do it? How did you? What are the secret tips? Give me the three tips. Dude, this is all I did. I, d- I did calorie counting, um, and I used my fitness app. Yep. So the, with nutrition, my fitness pal. What? I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, put me at an eighteen hundred limit to begin with, and to put that in perspective, like I was like, all right, what am I? I have no idea what I'm at. I don't know what a calorie is, mm-hmm. dude. I was like three thousand easily, no questions asked. That wasn't yeah. even a gluttonous day. So then, like, I started fighting back, started fighting back, and I got to eighteen hundred, and I said the first three weeks were miserable because it is a lifestyle change that's why losing weight is so hard now my family freaks out because i won't touch it like a slice of pizza Mm -hmm. if it's not like you know done right um so calorie counted and then i just started running dude like i hate like i just ran yeah uh i remember the real wake-up call i got on the treadmill again coming from like an athlete my whole life one day i got on the treadmill and like i got to like a quarter of a mile so one lap around and i wanted to like off myself like it was like i was like panting i was like this is not right like this is not the eddie i know like i used to run i play baseball like so i think those two things were wake up call and then i got once you know the thing is with like beginning to lose weight like i tell everyone three weeks do whatever you gotta do for the first three weeks Mm -hmm. be disciplined i didn't drink i didn't really go out and socialize i was miserable i was hangry my friends hated me and family hated me like but that i needed that Mm. um so then after that i was like holy shit i'm down like 12 pounds down 14 pounds and then it became kind of addicting yeah and then the 1800 1500 and then more bounced out and added weights and now it is truly a lifestyle so people often and this is this is so important and i i don't i I don't want to make it like a wellness podcast in terms of talking about counting calories and all that but it is as it is so simple and when people talk to me about the basics of losing weight they go to trainers before they go to nutritionists often and i often say i think like i think exercise is super important and you should be a part of it if you can get those first 10 pounds off just from eating right you will want to go to the gym dude yes right? yes yes it's huge like just commit to they are so underutilized dietitians and nutritionists and they are different dietitians have education like through college and have a degree on uh, in being a dietitian, a nutritionist, you can get a nutritionist certification. I shouldn't say easily, but much easier. Yeah, the, um, the lady I saw was an RD. Yeah, it's an I, RD, my right. bad for. So, and they're very different, and I like to mention that because someone saying like you're a doctor of physical therapy or a doctor of exercise science versus a personal trainer. When people say like to a, a doctor of physical therapy or exercise science next to me, "Yo, what's up? He's a trainer." I'm like, "Hold on, that man is not a trainer. That man is a doctor, and <laughs> yeah, I am a yeah, trainer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like, we might know like I might know a ton, and he might know a ton, or she might know a ton, but they deserve the title of being a doctor of, of exercise science. So. They're very different. Recognize that. You don't need to go to a dietitian. They are probably more expensive, but they're very helpful and wildly knowledgeable. Can I, can I say this about the expensive part? Uh, $120 for the one session. I paid for it. I said, Mom, if this is going to happen, I got to pay for it because I'm not going to waste that money, <laughs> right? So for me, making that invest, and I saw it a couple times. So do the math. Like, I was going to F this up. You know what I mean? So that actually, like, I need, like, I couldn't just go, yeah. Skin I'll in see. the game. Yeah. So. I have a coaching group. I haven't told you about this. So I work with a group um, one hour to two hours a week. And we get on a video call and we work on mindset. And it's a super powerful thing. It's it's one of my most – talk about passions. Like watching people get off that call and just like profound shifts in their mindset. It's – I like almost cry every time I think about it. It's the best feeling in the world. So I love doing that. And one of the things that I do – and I'll be honest about this – People have to pay up front for the three-month program. 
and it's not cheap. It's not – I mean, depends on who you are, but it's not like an easy just let me hand this money over. And why do I do that? Because when you have skin in the game, it's a completely different mindset. So when you're talking about jumping into a fitness plan or routine, don't do Planet Fitness for $10 a month. You will find yourself two days later back on the couch eating donuts. I'm telling you right now, make it really stretchy. Search for something that is out of your pay grade. Search for something. And listen – Everyone in your life will tell you the opposite because they're looking out for you and that's too much money and don't do that. I'm not saying pay for some dumb guy who's charging you too much. I'm saying do your research, know the person. If you're going to a doctor, an RD, is a registered dietitian is telling you this is what you need to do, that person is probably pretty educated and I'm sure you did somewhat of homework, yes? Oh, yeah. Right, so you gave yourself a very clear idea of like, okay, this is the right person for me. Guys, don't just like willy-nilly pick someone, but have some skin in the game. For him, $120 was skin in the game. That's a pretty expensive hour, you know? There are plenty of dietitians. One of The one that I work with very closely is like $450 for the hour for the <laughs> intro. And you get a 90-minute session and a full plan written out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I look at it as like, okay, $450, invest, and then the rest of your life can literally change. And if... and the only way it won't is if you don't follow through. And if you're paying 50 bucks, you're probably not going to follow through because it, like you said, it sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. Burning and, holes in your pocket. Yeah. It's financially sucks. It, it hurts because you can't eat your pizza that you love. Yeah. So trust in that and like commit to it. It's like I, I say to my clients with the mindset stuff. If you paid in like weekly payments or monthly payments or you know six payments of X, Y, and Z because I love you and I want to make sure you can do this, you'll find a reason when the tough gets going to back out because you have no skin in the game. You can just walk. There's nothing in the bank. I already did it. I'm good. I, I don't have to pay for it. When you have invested X amount of money in it, you'll go and you'll be like, I'm, I hate this, but I already committed and I paid for it, so let me do it. Uh, I'm going to take us a step further. I think the term skin in the game is very important. And I think for different people, that can mean different things. Totally. So skin in the game for me at that time was money. Skin in the game for someone else could be their time. Skin in the game could be giving up something else. Uh, so, so I real. think it's something that you got to find what your quote-unquote skin in the game is. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was money. Um, but yeah, I do th- like, yeah, you got to yeah. find your skin in the game. So one of my clients one time, that's an interesting, it's a beautiful statement. And I'm mad at myself that I didn't say that before because it's, probably the most important thing to say about all that because money is one piece of it but there's other entities so one of my clients who was super rich in the beginning of when we started super wealthy money was not an issue i could have charged the guy 550 dollars an hour no problem he would have been like cool whatever um i did i didn't unfortunately but his biggest thing was spending time with his kids and i said when do you when do you spend time with kids and this is going to sound screwed up so stay with me he said, uh, like, right before they go to bed, I get home from work, and, like, I commit to being at dinner time with them. What a beautiful thing, right? And I said, you're going to come with, to me for three days this week to start this out. And the three days, you are going to come to me during dinner time when you can't be with the kids. And he was like, what sense does that make? And I said, I need you to show yourself how important this is that you're choosing this over the most important thing, which is your kids. And when you put this on a priority level that goes above the most important thing to you, it has a whole different experience. So now the most important thing to this man before anything else was spending time with his kids. I want him to spend time with his kids, but for that time being, I wanted him to put it in place of that because he's like, if I'm going to be doing this shit, I'm all in because I'm missing the best part of my day with people that I love. So skin in the game looks different. It's different colors for different people. So trust that. What is your skin in the game? That's a beautiful thing to write down. What's my skin in the game today, right now? What do I need to add in my life? What do I need to take out? What do I need to improve? What are the changes I want to make? What skin in the game do I have? Because it's the only way we'll follow through. Preach. I got nothing to add to that. I mean, I, said, I agree you were with in that. the zone. You were feeling it. I know because I was. Th- my mind was racing. You talk about, um, if I may, mm-hmm. uh, mindset. Exploring people's mindset, and I was thinking, like, what the hell is my mind? Like, I don't. I just go, 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 go. And I guess my question to you is, when you're doing this coaching, 
Um, how do you get people to because I just identified my two main points in my mindset. What? How do you get someone to like breathe? What's their mindset and what's their outlook? So when people come to me, it's like this is the problem. I have a problem, and it's I don't have the work. I life I want they look at a certain domain in their life relationship how they think about themselves self limit all that comes down to self-limiting beliefs stuff that comes up and where people get confused about group coaching is they're like wait a minute you have a CPA a personal trainer a doctor uh, a uh, uh, I don't know physical therapist and like who do we have in there and a stay-at-home mom in this group right and how could they have the same things going, problems going on? They don't. Mm-hmm. Their stuff all looks different. But when you bury down to why someone isn't doing something or why someone isn't happy or not feeling fulfilled, it all boils down to the same stuff. That they have self-limiting beliefs that are holding them from creating the life they want to live. So the CPA saying, like, I'm not fulfilled at my job and the uh personal trainer who actually has their own body images and are struggling to like feel a certain way about themselves it can all boil down to like a worthiness complex like i don't feel worthy of having a beautiful body i don't feel worthy of i don't know i'm making that up like that's some dumb example Mm -hmm. but it breaks down to the same stuff we all have this stuff coming in so what we first do is open awareness to what the hell is going on in there like not the surface thing i want a better job but like I tell myself that this is all that's available because this is all that I'm capable of because that's all that I'm worthy of. So now we're talking about a worthiness complex. I like, what's it called? Self-limiting? Self-limiting. Uh, I like that uh, very much. And like to me, I, my like way deep in my brain, that's like I guess my ground. And like I've been doing this since I was like five because I can remember all those things. Like I always say like why can't I do that, right? You know what I mean? Like, Meaning there's no reason why I can't. Example, starting a podcast. And I think as millennials, we get a lot of shit because we're lazy, blah, blah, blah. But dude, like, if you want to, in my opinion, I know everyone's life is different. But for someone like us, I mean, if you want to do anything, you can teach yourself it. I truly believe that. You have the internet. Yeah. You have that right there. So, like, when I want to do something and I really want to do it, I read, research, and I always think there's absolutely no reason. Yeah. That I can't teach myself how to do it. A great example, which I think I told you this before, of a failed example is like I was doing a live show for a podcast and I wanted to do a, um, like a, a funny song and I didn't know how to play the guitar. So I looked up, I have a guitar though. Yeah. I won one. Uh, so I looked up on YouTube like how to play guitar and I tried to teach myself it and I just had, I had to sell tickets. So like that was my driving yeah. point. So I ended up getting a friend to play the guitar for the show. But like I taught myself like a couple of chords. And, like, I went, like, there was, I wanted to do this song that I was going to do everything I can, and if no one was going to help me, I was goddamn going to teach myself how to do it. Yep. So, that like, that, that's where I come from, and, like, I, I really, you were just talking about the self-limit. I don't self-limit. Like, self-limiting is just not, and I'm not trying to say it to sound pompous, I just think a lot of people, if you can get to that thing where there's absolutely zero reason within the realm mm-hmm. that you can't do something, like, yeah. go out and do it, or at least try, or call people, yeah. like, you know? Totally. And and listen, it's in all domains. There are different levels of self-limiting beliefs and we all have them in some way. Like I'm not coaching them because I don't have self-limiting beliefs. I've done a lot of work to get over a ton of the shit that was in my head. Um, and when I say I'm a confident man, I say I'm a confident man and I stand on a foundation of I've done a lot of work, certainly in the past three, four years on breaking down self-limiting stuff that was coming up for me, whether it be from, you know, growing up and like stuff that happened in my family and like I had the best family life, but like stuff happens with everybody's family and whether it's, you know, relationships with friends or spouses or whatever it is, there was stuff for me that was there and I worked on them and stuff comes up every day. But for the most part, I really work hard on self-limiting beliefs so that this stuff doesn't come up and you will always have them. It's more, can I give you the toolbox? So with my coaching, I'm not going to get rid of all your self-limiting beliefs. Sorry, it's not happening. You'll always have them. 
my belief is that they'll always be there. Like you will always have problems with your car no matter how much you spend on it. And sometimes you could buy the nicest cars and they end up in the shop more than any of them. Mm -hmm. My friend's Range Rover is in the shop every like two months. And I'm like, what the hell are you spending a hundred grand on this car for? Because it's always in the shop. He loves the car whatever. But to me, I want to make you the mechanic. So you can have the nice car. But when it goes into the shop, do you have a toolbox that can actually fix the stuff. So my job as your coach is to teach you to offer you a toolbox so when self-limiting beliefs do uh, do come up, when the car needs to be fixed, you can then go work on those things and say, okay, I know how to combat this. Like I know it's coming up. I, number one, open awareness to it, and now I have the tools to break through it. And then third, I integrate that into my life. Like that's that's our process of working as, as uh, in the coaching realm. And by the way, I am not a certified life coach, and I make that very clear to the people I work with. I'm not, and I honor the people who are certified life coaches because it's a nine-month process to be like a serious, legit certified life coach. My brother's going through it. Um, it's intense, but I do know how to coach people, yeah. and I am a certified behavioral change specialist, so I work with people on shifting their behaviors because our behaviors are what make up our, our lives. So. Uh, in the marketing world, changing and shifting behavior is one of the hardest things to do. Bingo, Ed, you need me. I'm here. I love doing it. There you go. That's my job. Um, I think, Nick, it's also important to say that we are talking about this from a very privileged standpoint. It is so important to say that. And and you mentioned it before. You're like with people like us, and that's what you meant, right? People who have this device and I have like, you know, unlimited data or apparently not because I went over my data last (laughs) month. Shocker. (laughs) I ruined my whole family's data. We're on like a family plan. We still do that. And uh, yeah, we do. It's so smart. Mm. But nonetheless, like we went over. I went over because I was in Brazil and like, I used my service way too much. But no, like I get it. We're privileged. Yeah. But I and I don't like you got to find. And even even if you are in that standpoint. All right. Great. You do all this. Now let's go help. Right. Let's go help those that aren't as fortunate. And like I don't like. You know. Again, we come from a very privileged background. I'm not going to say we had great childhoods and great families that love us, but like, I think a lot of things. Some people like, where'd you go to school? Where'd you get this? And it's like, oh, oh, well. It's like I did seven unpaid internships. I put my like, I truly believe in like the senior should play over the freshman. Like, you got to put your time in. You got to be willing to work and grind. And if you are, and if you bring that. There's absolutely no reason why Johnny should beat me at this and I should beat and Timmy should beat me at that. If you bring this like competitive nature and this can't lose attitude in everything you do, then you are unstoppable at whatever you want to do. Yeah. And what's interesting about what you just said is like, and this is how beliefs can be so different and so powerful. You're saying we came from this beautiful background and like we should have all this stuff. I have had this self limiting belief over the past few years that. I couldn't be super successful in the speaking and coaching realm because I don't have a dope story on the back end. So like you look at the yeah. Eric Thomases, the Tony Robbins, right. the whoever, you can name them all. Uh, Les Brown, it, he was certified mentally retarded is what they called it at that time. And like the, these people have these ridiculous stories. Eric Thomas, my hero in this realm, Eating out of trash cans, living in abandoned buildings. Yeah. That's his story. Yeah. And he's the number one motivational speaker in the world. When I came into this work, I said, how am I going to do this, man? I had literally, my mother and father are the greatest people on the planet. And they did everything to hook me up. Yeah, They, yeah. they did everything possible to make sure I was good. Yeah. How am I going to do well? And like, just like you said, we're privileged. We, we get the upper hand. To me, privilege was the bad deal like you got the bad the the i don't know what the term is whatever it was a bad situation because if i had a dope story i could stand on stage like if my arm got chopped off and tell everybody about my one arm so there was parts in my life ed Mm -hmm. like recently Mm -hmm. where i wished challenge and adversity on myself and boy did it happen over the past few months but it was to me what i wanted because my my narrative said the only way you could be successful in this industry is if you have a cool story to talk about how hard your life was and how you got out of it. And I, I have been coaching myself on that limiting belief. And I have my own coach um, that I work with weekly. And that's one of the things we face. 
how how can I go into this work and not have that dumb bullshit running in my head saying you're not good enough because you're unworthy of success because like I was living from a place of guilt. So that's my point is when mm-hmm. we look at self-limiting beliefs, they, they are different colors on everybody. And like I'm I'm doing it now. I'm stepping into speaking. I do different events. I made a podcast because I wanted people to hear my voice because I know that some of you are listening and your lives are changing because of this work that we're doing on here. I am so confident that people write to me after every episode. How lucky am I? But I had to get over the bullshit of I'm not worthy of it. Yeah. You know? It's interesting. Yeah. So I think I think it's looking at your current situation. I love that Ed brought it up. The idea of... Um, Listen, man, like your your situation and circumstance is yours and nobody else's. And the more you start to compare to everybody else, you'll just run amok trying to like impress him or her, or change your life because of how she did it or he did it. The first step is looking at you. That's opening awareness. And the only way to open awareness to yourself is to look at yourself, not at somebody else, you know? Preach. Preach, brother. Um, so part of your motive for the weight loss stuff also, I have no idea when we started. All right, 40. Nice. Oh, we have another hour. So part of... <laughs> got to be up soon. Part of where we started this uh, was talking about like your health and wellness. I know that part of your motive was like, okay, you got to get healthier. But in those times of I like this sucked in the first week, two weeks, what kept you going? I was losing weight. <laughs> it was so seeing some result. Oh yeah, seeing seeing the result. Yeah, I mean, and, and that early. Yeah, and then when the health problems started to evaporate, mm. I was like, there we go. It was proof. Yeah, yeah, and I'm momentum kills, baby. That. Momentum is is huge. Like jump onto momentum, and uh, it's like it's like the ball rolling, the snowball effect. Like when it rolls, it rolls, it gets bigger as it goes, and you get more powerful as it goes. And now pizza comes, and you you got no problem. Well, I still I still love pizza. I love the pizza. biggest uh, when I was like, oh crap, this is the thing, is when I had, my clothes were too big. Yeah, <laughs> when I had to buy new clothes. That's fun. It's actually fun. It was great. It was like two big weight loss. Like mm-hmm. I lost the initial weight and then I lost another weight. So I lost all this weight. Then I had to buy new clothes. Then I lost all more weight. So the clothes that I bought, <laughs> I had to buy. I had to buy new clothes again. But, I mean, that's very topical. Don't lose weight. It's too expensive, folks. Yeah. Don't do it. You got to buy new clothes. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about time. So, I was having a conversation with somebody about, like, the concept of time. Somebody said to me, uh, one of my clients, actually, how do you have time to do all this? And yeah. I, this idea of, like, time, how do you – it's such a broad question, uh, and I'll let you kind of rock with it how you want. Like, how do you see time? Because – you do all these different things. Mm-hmm. You're like a not a jack of all trades. All of them kind of rock together, but you do yeah. a lot of stuff. I do, uh, and I acknowledge that. And everyone asks me that every single. When do you sleep? When do you eat? When do you do this? I'm like, I I don't call me crazy, but like, and I don't like if there there's time in the day, to be productive. Um, like you you get I get enough sleep. I'm not unhealthy. Trust me. Are there? I am envious of the people that go to the work at nine leave at five go home and watch netflix yeah <laughs> like i just, like go to bed by ten thirty. yeah and, and like that's and they do that i'm envious of those people i don't know man i just, if there's time in the day there's time to do things that you want to do mm-hmm. like I, I i'm in like this like weird space where i'm like such a creative mind that like it just races and like i gotta be creative right and my you know if there's time in a day, I just, I just like, I don't know what else to tell you. That Can I'm I sell you it. out a little bit right now? You probably won't like this. I would not say that same statement that you just said about you. I would not say that that was you in college because yeah, I, it was like, and I'm, I'm saying it only because I'm asking, did the health give you a boost of energy and focus in creating? You've always been a driven guy. You were on a college ball and all that, but like, there was a lot of lazy ed that existed. There was lazy ed after freaking practice at nine o'clock. That's true. First of all, I get that because I would sit my ass in the corner of that couch and For I wouldn't move hours and watch. But that was Parks after. And yeah, no. Parks and Rec. No, was it Parks no, and Rec? Uh, Larry sunny, David. Always Sunny. No, the Larry David movie. The Larry Curb. David. Always Sunny. I mean, what people didn't see, and I, of course, I hate freaking talking about it. 
that was there was the baseball, which was a full time job. I had my classes. I had three different subset majors. Did the radio. Did all the PR stuff. Did the seven unpaid internships. So I would I would argue that the lazy Ed was me for an hour or two mm. here and there. Maybe it was um, only when I saw you. Yeah, because that would I, dude. Trust me, when I sit my butt in the couch and I put my phone down. Or I read, like, I still do that. Yeah. It happens at, like, midnight or 1 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got, that's another thing. Um, this go, 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 your go, go, go. Like, you gotta take it. Like, when I said I take those two weeks off, mm-hmm. those are the best two weeks of my life, yeah. dude. Like, I don't go anywhere crazy. I spend time with my family. And then it's like, all right, I'm ready, ready to go. It's like a mental refresher. Yeah, but you will, you will, like, I am sleeping and I am eating. But, like, I'm sleeping probably five or six hours and not. 10 to 12 like you know what I right mean? Um, and or, again i i've been big on this and also like have you seen the whoop band you know what this thing is no we'll talk about it but after the whoop band like taught me a lot about recovery i've been committed to trying to get those like for me five six hours i was doing three four hours for most of my nights which is crazy and like your body just can't recover and you can't take care of yourself mentally and physically but to each his own so like Long story short, the Whoop Band talks like gives you a percentage of your recovery each night. You did like eighty eight percent out of a hundred of like how well you slept and recovered, right? And I've gotten to the point where I know my body, and this is proving it to me, at six hours I can get eighty eight, ninety two percent recovered. Whereas like six hours for somebody else is like that is the bare minimum they need to survive for the day. Mm. So there are and I was talking to this is not scientifically proven. There's somebody who was talking to me about it. There is a gene in the body that has um, to do with sleep that is like passed down hereditary wise. Okay. And certain people don't need as much sleep as others. It's just that straight up. So know you. If you need to sleep eight hours, then you damn sure better find a way to make the other hours of your awake time wildly productive. That means you don't have the gift of having... 20 hours in a day and sleeping four of them you have the gift of having less sorry and you got to figure out how to squeeze that in that amount of time luckily i get to have 18 hours a day because six is enough for me and i hustle and grind for for 18 hours but i know a lot of people that only need to sleep for three or four and they're only doing three or four hours of hustle and grind a day Mm -hmm. so it's like what do you do with that time and you look at someone like ed the guy's doing a million things and he's passion driven. So that helps. Preach. So I, I think when you do like, and what I love about Ed is that he has the nine to five. He's not like, sometimes it's, it seems unachievable for somebody listening to this who's doing the nine to five. Like, how do I, how do I own yeah. my own business? I'm a nine to five guy. I've always done nine to five. You can be the nine to five guy and have top 60 podcasts and coach and get paid to be coaching a sport and do all these other awesome things and lose 100 pounds in the process and commit to your health and wellness. You can do all of it at the same time. You must be willing to just not chill on your chill times. Like your chill times are your exercise times at times. And mm-hmm. do you make time to go away and relax with your family? Sure. But you got to trust that um, you need to be ma- making the most of the time you have. Agreed. Speaking of exercise, uh I don't know if you ever knew this. I was this may or may not be relevant to your audience, but I was like big on the because Scranton baseball like ruined morning for me. Okay, waking up at six a.m. to run the hills of Scranton was the worst. Right, I was big like I'm never working out in the morning again. Six months ago, I was forced to work out in the morning. Haven't looked back. Interesting. And that's Um, the only time you work out? No, but it's my preferred time now. Okay, what like? Before eating, after eating? No, wake up, work out, go to work. And then eat. Yeah. So for me, my most efficient is I wake up, if I had the ideal situation, and it always works best for me, I do a cardio-based thing in the morning. Run, I don't know, just like, dude, today, can I t- did I tell you what I did? I did an hour straight of battle ropes oh, without yeah. a rest. I still don't know how you did that. I watched the movie Game Changers about like being plant based and all that, and the guy does it for an hour. And I was like, I was like, I don't even know if I could do five minutes straight. So I shot for two minutes, honestly. Did five, then did ten, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna do an hour, and I did it. It was awesome. It's on tape, so I'll show y'all. Ooh, but uh, 
having some type of cardio base because cardiovascular work boosts your immune system. It boosts your uh, your ability to be cognitively turned on. It does all the things you need. Hydrate and do some type of cardiovascular work in the morning. Are you big on water? Do you drink a lot of water? Yes, sir. Huge. So those two things, if you start your day with that, I'm telling you, you will have a boost of energy. Now for me, I'm about like, I want to be strong too. So I, because I have this luxury of being in a gym already, I do the cardio in the morning and then midday we'll do like a sweet lifting. Can session. you give uh, like, what's like an example of some cardio people can do that you said in this morning. That's like good dude. A billion things. Ski erg, rowing machine, assault bike, intervals. If you want to do intervals, you could do long distance, whatever. Stairmaster, uh, Jacob's Ladder. Uh, we can go on and on. Like running? Run. That's that. So I'm really into running now, which that is shocking. Yep. I feel like to people, like I run in races and I, like, I'm, I love running. What I didn't know the scientific part about it, I just ran because I like to get to the point where I can't breathe. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. What scientific part? What, or whatever you said about like the endorphins or whatever. Yeah, dude, endorphins, dopamine goes to your brain. You're on like cloud nine. You feel amazing cognitively. It will turn you on. And that's why I asked you. I wasn't picking on you from college. I was saying the energy that you have now and the work, all the things you're doing, do you feel like that was enhanced when you got healthier? I'm, I'm telling you that your cognitive functioning went right, up right, right, by right, right. your exercise i know it does because it's just scientifically proven yeah um but yeah it's some i mean it's awesome that it was just kind of like yeah i guess so for you but yeah big runner it's huge take care of your body guys and it'll do amazing things for you but water is always my number one big thing dude i chug water chug water i, I drink <laughs> i drink my body weight in ounces every day as a minimum that's 200 ounces a day i don't i don't know i drink smart water I mean, I don't know any ounces. Shout out to Smart Water. Sponsor us. They should. They should. You've been drinking Smart Water for years, dude. Dude, I've... Since college. You're diehard. I am. All right, so um, we're coming to an end. We finish this show every time with what I call a let's go moment. So a let's go moment... I wish you could have prepped me for this. No, the whole point is that you're not prepped. What's a let's go moment? A let's go moment is something you leave our listeners or viewers with... um, by the end of this show, my mission is for somebody to just be inspired and motivated and be like, let's go. I want to get off the couch and go do something and create and generate. Um, you've said you've already given us that in this podcast. So first of all, thank you for being open and vulnerable and sharing with us. Yeah, this was tough for me. I yeah, told I, you I before know we even. He said, dude, I don't like talking about myself. Because I'm the other side. Yeah. It's good, man. Good. It's therapeutic sometimes. Sure. There you go. So. <laughs> If you had a um, a let's go moment, oh, for I was like doing stand up comedy too. We he didn't even he talk does about do stand up comedy. That's real. He's great. Yeah. Um, a let's go. Can you repeat let's go moment again? Sorry. So a let's go moment is something where if you were listening and you heard a let's go moment, by the, it's like the little nugget that you would drop to maybe for you. It's like helping people. You know, how do you get over that weight hump, or how do you? create a mindset shift that allows you to do the things you want to do or whatever it is. I don't know something you can leave our listeners with like a little, little nugget of knowledge, a little thing to get them fired up. Dude, this is so lame. Do it. And it's not, you're not going to run through a brick wall, but like truly, and I mean, truly listening to people around you, not hearing, listening to the people around you and the people that you trust and people love. Dude, I've read books on active listening i'm like absurd obsessed that's what i did in college with what by the way counseling and human services is all about active listening really yeah um that's absolutely why i was so much cooler than you guys in college yeah yeah sick dude um but i just think i, I don't know i i've it like when i again i go back to the kids i'm coaching am i listening to johnny talk about it like am i truly listening mm. am i hearing what you're saying or am i listening so i don't think that's going to make anyone run through a brick wall but like for me like I literally, like, I, I thrive when people tell me, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, well, screw you. Watch me do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, that's just always been, like, that my mindset is uh, I'm a natural, curious person. And I think the act of listening combined with curiosity gives me this, all right, why not? Why not? Why not? Screw you. I'm going to do it. Why not? And that doesn't have to be that cynical. Example, I had this baseball coach. When we were 16 years old, and if you remember being 16 from soccer mm-hmm. or at any sport, that's like the prime recruiting year, yep. 16, Huge. 17. And this guy, I'm not even kidding you, dude, said to us, a bunch of 16-year-olds, you should have the mentality that you suck. 
and that you need to get better. And I was like, no, I have the mentality that like, I just want to be the best. Like I don't have to suck. (laughs) You know what I mean? And for some reason that's clearly has stuck with me 12 years later. And I don't think you need to think, Oh, I suck. I need, no, I didn't suck. I just wanted to be the best. So, um, you can be the best at what you want to be and whatever the best is, I think is arbitrary for me. Like, Having a top 60, of course, I want to be top 50, top 20, all that. Uh, for my job, like I'm on this accelerated growth and like I'm, I'm being at this position in my company that like I've worked my ass off and I wanted to be the best. Coaching, me and my brother uh, in this program have the highest retention rate of any age group throughout um, the age. Like kids are coming back. Like huge. Those are all signs of success for me. So it's just, um, and I, 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 I'm like, what? I'm trying to think if you're talking about self-limitation and all of this. Like for me, like I really, really pride myself in like listening to people. Part yeah. of it's a podcast. Part of that's just like I want to understand why people think the way they think. Yeah. Well, the difference between active listening and just hearing someone is one: you're listening to respond, like to you already have an answer, and you're just hearing to rebuttal. Yes. Another one is hearing to comprehend and take in the experience, and then respond accordingly. Dude, a great point to that. Is and to put an example because I feel like a lot of people have normal office jobs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that listen. Uh, on conference calls, someone makes a point in a meeting, and they keep talking for thirty more seconds. But the person only wants to talk about what they talked about thirty seconds ago. Yeah. So the best part is, is when I get on calls at work, I I write down notes like a wiener, but I do it, and like I let someone go, I let someone go, I don't cut them off, I let them go, I let them go, I let them go, I let them go. But I'm I still know what they said, I still know what they said at different points. And then I go back. I said, all right, let's talk about item number one. Let's talk about item number Something two. Something you said was blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Blah. And like for me, like that like shows respect. Huge. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's huge. And I, I mean, it's it couldn't be a bigger point in all domains of life. At work, with your relationships, with your significant other, with your kids. When people know, first of all, and I have a little task. I'm going to add on to what you just said. A little task for you to leave here with and then we'll let you go. In your next conversation with someone where you need to perform, whether it be work, whether it be with a significant other, you're in a fight or something and you're trying to work it out or friend or something like that, and you need to have a productive conversation, I challenge you to set an intention at the beginning of that conversation and say, my mission is to respond from what the person said, not have an already decided version of what I'm going to respond. Like a lot of times we hear what Johnny said in the first sentence and then we don't hear the next two minutes because we're just trying to say what Johnny said in the first, like I would just want to respond to that. Like Eddie said, write it down if it's important to reach back to, but hear everything they're saying. Don't try and come up with something you're going to say already. Like try and just be with, be present to it. And then when they finish that statement, if you're fully present, you will know what to say. Take a breath. And and it's that has served me just about more than anything. I got off the phone today with a massive person in um, a totally different field that I'm in. Someone who has no business. Me, I have no business talking with this person. They're just huge. Well, I did. So if you're at the table, you belong there. But <laughs> uh, eat. Yeah. And I was, I was having this conversation and I took a deep breath and I said, my intention is to be fully present and active to what this person is saying to me. And I will know exactly what to say if I'm there. And I, I knew exactly what to say. And it was a phenomenal discussion because of that. So, um, thanks for that. What's your let's go moment? Wow. I've never been asked that before on my own it's show. It's your goddamn podcast. Let's go. No one's ever asked me the uh, let's go Maybe root it in this theme of us being together, together today and everything we talked about. Um, my let's go. Or not. Mo- <laughs> no. I, I, okay, great. I'm with that. All right. Thank you, folks. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Bye. Yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> um, I, I have so much joy in not to be mushy gushy but so much joy in my heart right now because this was an impromptu moment that started what like two days ago you texted me about or whatever and and here we are and um connect with somebody in your life that you haven't connected to in a minute that means a lot to you because it can be really special what can be sparked from those conversations and because eddie and i know each other so well yet haven't spoken in a long time to him and i it it's been two years or whatever and we 
start off like nothing ever oh, yeah. changed. But um, it's really important to to connect with those that mean a lot to you. And you don't have to talk to them every day. But I was thinking about a buddy of mine, uh, my buddy Willie, who lives in Texas, who I hadn't spoken to in a couple months. And I thought about him this morning and I forgot to text him. And I was pretty bummed. Uh, and then this reminded me to do that, like us seeing each other. And shit you not, we were in the middle of this podcast. Haven't talked to him in months. And... Um, and he texted me at ten fifty three, like in a, less than an hour ago. Did unsolicited? I didn't say anything unsolicited? Damn, dude, that's like he the said, other... I'm in NYC. <laughs> oh not... wow, Are I'm reading it right me? now. I'm in New York City, but I know I would do anything to spend quality time with you. Oh, I miss shit. you. And I, I shit you not, that is real life. So, first the of all, I put that intention in the world, us. and it happened. But um, the other day when I texted you, you're like, "Holy shit!" Remember? I said that to you. Yeah, because you texted me about let's go something. There you go. Yeah, you're the writing. So that's my let's go moment. I think that beautiful connection can be made maybe with somebody that you haven't done it. So I invite you to do that. Not so inspiring and motivating, but do it because I feel really full right now because I'm doing it. So I invite you to do the same. Ed, where can we find you, dude? Rosebud's podcast on Instagram. Please follow that. That'd be my gift. You can follow me, Eddie underscore Rage, but like follow the podcast. If you know someone that watches The Bachelor, tell them Send him over. He's... Guys... He's hilarious. This is his like yeah. serious side. <laughs> yeah, he is a freaking goon. He's People, a blast. Rosebud's listeners are gonna be like, "Who the hell yeah, is, who that? is that?" That's the real Eddie <laughs> deep down. Wow. Wait, I need him re- re- interviewing reality stars and getting them to tell us why they made out with so and so on camera and what they did. Them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he really does. So go so check him fun. out there because I active listen, Nick. There you go, Ed. Thanks for being a part Have of. Ever heard dude. of cats? Never <laughs> heard of cats. Thank you, Nick. Good luck with everything. I love you, um, fam. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, do the whole nine yards. Love y'all. See y'all in the next episode of Let's Go. Ah! <laughs> Yo, fam. I want to acknowledge you today for taking leaps and bounds towards a more epic life. Your support and attention is so greatly appreciated, and I never take it for granted. Thank you so much for listening. I would love if you would continue to be a part of the Nick Packs Fit fam. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And I'll see you all on the next episode.